The indie author revolution has been around for more than a decade, but we indies continue to push the boundaries of what we're capable of. From getting over initial prejudices to staring down perfectionism and author imposter syndrome, we've become a force to reckon with. Indie authors now wear more hats than ever as we strive to create a career full of meaning, prosperity, and potential. We've juggled the demands and continue to be rebels in the face of adversity. Now, after years of hearing the shouts of hustle and grind, we indies are rebelling again. Gone are the days of publishing a book a month until we drop, and in its place are the seeds of a better way to rapid release. A way that feels incredible as we build a sustainable, lifelong author career that not only increases our visibility and royalties, but it's all done with intention and ease. If you're ready to buck the system and become the visionary authorpreneur I know you're meant to be, you've come to the right place. I'm Carissa Andrews, international best-selling indie author, and this is the Author Revolution Podcast. Welcome back to the Author Revolution Podcast, my writerly friend. Boy, oh boy, I have a podcast episode for you this week. So I don't know if you guys know this, but in 2017, I stumbled upon this Facebook group that one of my friends was really adamant that I should join. I was just finishing up the Pendamus Chronicles. I had book two was in the works. Book three was going to be coming out shortly after. And I wasn't quite sure what my release strategy was going to look like. And so my friend was like, hey, you need to check out this 20 books to 50k group. And I was like, the what? The what now? And I remember when I first stumbled into it, and I was looking around at some of the posts, I remember thinking, oh my gosh, these guys are either incredible or crazy, because they were putting out some incredible numbers, truly incredible numbers. People were writing books like a month, they were putting them out every single month. They were posting numbers that were just absolutely blowing my mind. And I remember thinking, well, I don't know that I could do that, but I do know that I have two books that I could probably release back to back, right? And as I was working on some of the strategies I was kind of hearing about or learning about inside the group, I did put out Polarities and Revolutions a month apart. So they came out at the end of October 2017. And so it was one of those things where I was just like, okay, how is this going to look? And using some of the strategies I learned in 20 books to 50K, I was able to learn about promo stacking. I ended up using promo stacking to help get the Pandamas Chronicles into an international bestseller status, which was incredible. So throughout the years, I've continued to be somewhat a lurker inside of 20 books to 50K because there's always so much information coming at me all the time. And in that group in particular, it is so aspirational and inspirational that really honestly, just soaking up the good vibes and the cool stuff that's happening is so awesome. But for me, you know, I am an information like sponge. I I love my information. I love to hoard information. I love to learn all the things possible. And so 20 books to 50k has been such an incredible, supportive group of people who just are in it for the business side of things and truly have inspired me throughout the years to be a better author to become a better coach. That's why today I am super pleased to announce that we have Craig Martell from 20 books to 50k on the podcast today. Now, guys, I have no idea 
how to explain how excited I am that he joined us today. So why don't we just get into this incredible episode because I know you don't want to miss it. Craig, thank you so much for joining the Author Revolution podcast. I am really excited that you're here today. It's great to be here, Carissa. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. Okay, so I have explained in the intro a little bit about you and about uh, 20 books to 50K and all of that stuff, but why don't you tell uh, my audience so that they can hear from you, you know, who you are, what you do, and, and why they should be paying attention? Oh, geez. Uh, <laughs> Is that loaded? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, well, that's everything. That's everything. Right? I, I, I started writing back in uh, 2015. I, I lit myself on fire and decided I couldn't be trusted doing stuff outside. So uh, <laughs> I came back in and I said, hey, I, I'll write that book I always uh, wanted to write. And uh, that was October 4th of 2015, and I've, I've not stopped writing since. So I have uh, some 6 million words published. I've got a lot of bestsellers, a lot of good stuff, a lot of uh, award nominations, stuff like that. But what matters is uh, a, a huge uh, fan base and growing. So I've established my chops as a writer and uh, right, right away after I published three books, I met Michael Anderley. And uh, that's when he started the 20 books to 50K. I was one of the first 50 people that came over and joined him. And about a year later, after I'd already written a few books with him, after I've had uh, some, some pretty significant commercial success with my books, he asked me if I would run 20 books to 50K, the group. And we, I think we had 4,000, 5,000 members at the time. So it was already fairly substantial. But now we're, we're well over 55,000. Uh, we've got uh, 10, 11 conferences under our belt. Uh, around the world, from uh, Australia to Bali to uh, Vegas to uh, Edinburgh, Scotland, and next year it'll be Madrid. Uh, the reason we wanted to run the shows is because uh, of our premise of giving back. Okay, 20 books to 50K. Let's go take a step back. Yep. That is a retirement plan. <laughs> uh, Michael Anderley was sitting in, uh, on the beach in Cabo. He had uh, three books published at the time. And each of them, so he was making about $24, uh, $22 to $24 a day between those three books. And he said, okay, in Cabo, I can, I can live for $35,000, but if I have $50,000, I can live comfortably. Right. And he did the math, seven fifty dollars per book. He needed 20 books earning that much to make $50,000, and that's, so it's a retirement plan. Yeah. It's a, here's, here, I need the books. They each need to earn this, so let's, uh, let's rock and roll. And the group is is premised on that. It's about the business of being an author. Uh, we don't do a lot of craft stuff, but we do a lot of craft uh, specific genre stuff in uh, the conferences because that's part of your business. In the group, it doesn't work. We tried it because people are in so many different genres and what works in one doesn't work in another. So we just don't, we avoid those kinds of conversations and let it uh, uh let it focus more on the business of being an author. And I tell people that if you're smart enough to write a book, you're smart enough to manage the business of all the rest of it. Right. And the hardest thing you'll ever do is write a book yeah. until you've <laughs> written the book. And then you find out that it's only half the battle, <clears throat> and especially if you want to make money with it. And I believe everybody's words have value. And how do we realize that value through the business of dealing with our, our words and getting them out there and putting them before a buying public? Right. Well, I know for me, um, when I first started in 20 books, 50 K, it must've been 2016, I want to say where I started kind of hanging out in there and just seeing what's going on. The whole idea of rapid releasing to me was fairly new. I mean, I, I kind of jumped on the bandwagon a little bit because of NaNoWriMo back in 2010. 
Um, but it never occurred to me to write it faster all the time. Like it was just a lot of life stuff going on and things that were, were getting in the way of that. But it was like the first experience then to think about rapid releasing and how to publish books faster and to, ha- and to have that business mindset behind um, the, the writing and the publishing side of it. Where I think for me in the beginning, it was just, I love this story and I wanted to tell it. And I think a lot of authors are like that, wouldn't you say? They are. And the good thing about uh, writing and writing to market that that nuance, I write what I want with the reader in mind. Yeah. So and that that nuance is all you need to take a passion project and turn it into a commercially viable passion project. Right. And I think that's where a lot of authors fail. I, I know I have a, a good number of friends and even a couple of students where it's like we're trying to to help them see that differentiation in that you can mm-hmm. still write what you like, but you you have to almost have your, your finger on the pulse of your genre that you're trying to market to so that you know what the readers are really expecting from your books. You don't have to do everything exactly, but at least be able to portray it, if nothing else, in the book blurb so they, they purchase the book and start reading it. It has yeah. to be similar, but unique. Similar in that, and, and uh, uh, genre equals marketing. So genre is a commercial construct right? Uh, because uh, the marketers... And the traditional publishing houses and anybody who sold books said, let's clump the readers in groups of that will like certain products. So we don't waste time and money marketing to a group that's not going to like a book. So genre equals marketing and and making sure you hit the expectations of the readers within that genre. You can go a little bit crazy and you have to. Everything has to be unique, but it still has to hit the expectations of the readers in that, in that genre especially if you want to sell the book and then sell more copies and more copies of the book. Absolutely. Okay. So one of the things with 20 bucks to 50 K for me too, like you were talking about how you've, you've tried out different things. And over the years, I've really seen so much camaraderie and some really cool expertise and things coming out of that group. Was that an intentional thing by you and Michael, or was that um, something that kind of grew and you went, yeah, this is the direction we want to take this particular group because it's just really, it's such a, whenever I am feeling confused or demotivated. I love going into the group and just perusing everything that's in there because it's, it's so inspiring and aspirational, but it it just, it's transformed into this really close knit group of people who just do some amazing things and share that information with everybody. The, uh, those were a couple of premises that Michael Anderley established right at the front is we celebrate wins and only say what works for you. We're not going to dictate to anyone. And because we're all Indies, you, yeah. you make the business decisions. Do not uh, give those decisions over to others because they will fail you because they don't know your exact situation. So uh, here's the smorgasbord. You bring your plate and you come and pick and choose what you want. And yeah. that's apropos because we're filming this on Thanksgiving Day. Right. So I have a I have a four pound pecan pie in my uh, holy cow in my, <laughs> in my garage. Waiting. <laughs> well, I did. I did. And, right. And, and we're going to Alex's house and, uh, nice. yeah, I'm sure he'll send three and a half pounds of it home with me, but, uh, <laughs> uh if, as long as I get some Turkey and some real stuffing, I'm good. There you go. There you go. We've got ours in the oven right now. And it's like, it's wafting in here. I'm like, Oh, <laughs> a fun day. <laughs> oh my gosh. That's so awesome. Okay. So you and I talked briefly, uh, through messenger about 20 bucks to 50 K's conference from, from Vegas. Cause it just wrapped up. It's a conference that I have always wanted to go to. And I just, ha- it's always fallen on like a weird time frame for me. <laughs> so it just has never worked. 
Um, this year, obviously COVID, we have our six-year-old who hadn't quite yet had his vaccines. He's only had one so far. And so it was like, okay, I can't risk it this year, but next year I would like to be there. It's obviously one of the biggest indie author conferences that I've ever seen it probably in the world, I would imagine. And it's just, it's such an inspirational thing. And I've always caught the videos afterwards to, to see what's being said. How are, how are things being done? You know, what are people who are the big players, obviously too. And, um, I'm just, I'm curious about how that spun off. Like we started with the, the group, the group, 20 books, 50 K group, but then it, it grew into something so much bigger. Like how did the conference aspects of that spin off of it? Oh, the, the conference <laughs> that, that was because I had uh, I, the very first author conference I went to was horrendously awful <laughs> oh, <no. laughs> and, and grossly overpriced. And I'm like, this is bullshit. I hope you allow swearing on your it's okay. podcast yep. because it was, it was BS to the max. Yeah. And I'm like, this is, go- I can do it better. I can do, instead of a two day conference, we're going to do three instead of 800 bucks. We're going to make it a hundred and we're going <laughs> to feed the people too. Nice. And, and we, and we did by setting it in Vegas, we were able to get some, uh, and moving it off the strip, we were able to get a lot of uh, price concessions and make magic happen. So that, uh, and, and so it was basically because I was pissed off at, uh, at a conference. <laughs> All the best but also, <laughs> but also because people wanted to meet in real life. Yeah. They're like I, 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 I learn better when I talk to somebody and, and most people do. And that's, uh, yeah. Uh, even though we exist online, we exist as a Facebook group and uh, it's all volunteers. It's still, there's so much more opportunity and meeting in person. So 2017, uh, we finally said, Hey, let's, let's have a conference. And we did hundred bucks each. Yeah. We had to raise the price the next year because, uh, I think Michael and I both took about 25 grand out of our pockets oh, just no. because we were pissed and to prove <laughs> a point that we could do it. <laughs> It was, it was a sharp stick in their eye. Yeah. Uh, and I did talk to those guys who ran that conference. They're like, that was the worst conference ever. <laughs> did you come back later? I'm like, no, because it was an awful conference. Why would I come back? Why would I come back? Make it better. <laughs> Why don't you guys come to my conference? There you go. And it's not, and it's not my, I mean, it was that first year yeah. because it was just me. We had, uh, geez, like 12 or 14 sessions is all. Wow. That's still a great and, though. And uh, we, we started off with 150. And by the end of uh, registration, we had 417, I think, that first year. Wow. So this year we had 2,100 people sign up and actually 1,300, 1,720 at the end. And then about 1,350 is all that showed up, sure. which is okay uh, because it was the first time in Bali's. But we needed to be able to scale up. So Bali's allows us to scale all the way up to 4,000 attendees if need be. I expect we'll have 2,500 next year because COVID will be behind us, yep. uh, whether it kills us all or not, uh, whether it doesn't <laughs> kill, not. We'll, we'll, be, we'll be coming. Now, it, it, we're going to be in a good place. Uh, uh, so 2,500, I'm going to cap it because yeah. I know we're going to have that many. That's and um, we have all of the vendors. I've talked to those, those vendors who presented remotely this year, as well as ones who didn't and wanted to. And we will have all of the major audiobook producers. We will have all of the distributors uh, like Amazon, Apple, Barnes and Noble. Uh, It's everybody who is anybody because this is the biggest show on the planet when it comes to indie authors and authors as a whole, especially once we put 2,500 butts in seats. Uh, Our our vendor day worked spectacularly this year because uh, people checked in and they went in. So here vendors had exclusive access to 
uh, over a thousand budding authors signed up that first day right. and they went in. So exclusive access for six hours to all these authors. So face-to-face, -face, uh, I know uh, pretty much anybody who was selling anything, uh, author support tools sold out that first hour. Wow. That's crazy. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. So uh, we had uh, a lot of interest uh, from people already saying, Hey, I absolutely have to come or yeah. I'm in for next year. I was in this year. And, and um, when do you open just... registration for next year then? January 8th. Okay. January 8th, guys, make sure you <laughs> have your finger over the trigger button. <laughs> yeah. And I, I will post it online because we have opened okay. it up to wider than 20 books of 50K. Okay. Just because Bollies is expensive and we're not going to raise prices, but the only way to offset our costs is then we just need more people. Right. What, what is the so price then? $299.99 for five yep. days, five full days. That is amazing. I, when I saw that it was five days this year, I was like, holy cow, there are so many videos to watch. It's incredible. I mean, that there are so many that I, I, I still have to get through. <laughs> I, think we had, I think we had 162 sessions. I was telling people 150. Wow. That's some, that's some like finagling right there. That's some magic. Did you put RJ in, in charge of like finagling that? Cause that woman is insane with the spreadsheet <laughs> magic. <laughs> no, I, I, I got it. I, uh, I have everybody organized uh, as we that's need to, awesome. but the uh, AV team, uh, Ira Heinichen and uh, Jen Green now, she joined the team. Uh, uh, but then at the show, she was the go-to person. Ira, between the two of them, they made all the magic happen that's to make sure that we were and I mean, we bought a bunch of equipment ahead of time, but next year, uh, I think we're going to have a new contractor supporting us and uh, look to see bigger, better, all of it. For the audio visual, is that what you're talking about? Yeah. Yeah. I saw one of the posts in there where you, you said that even the, the sessions that were supposed to be um, expertly recorded and, and whatnot, they weren't as good as you had anticipated that some of the smaller <clears throat> sessions were. Yeah. yeah. That's but still, all of the sessions were were legible. Were were uh, you could hear them, mm -hmm. and and uh, they delivered. So cool. uh, especially as we went back through, and I think uh, by this weekend, any session that had low sound is being remastered because we recorded all of them. Oh, wonderful! Is being remastered and re-uploaded. So look for the new uploads on certain sessions. Sure, like some of the smaller sessions. Is that what you mean? Yeah, yeah. The, well, those that were in the palace rooms because we did not have. In the bronze rooms, we had formal setups with uh, HD webcams, and the uh, uh, sound system was linked in to the speakers, to the microphones right. directly. So we didn't have to uh, uh, get the sound via secondary uh, secondary uh, uh, source. Like we did in the palace rooms, it was pretty much an iPad sitting close to the speaker. <laughs> right. <laughs> But it still works. I mean, as long as the information yep. gets uh, relayed, that's really what you're there for. It's not necessarily right. for like the best thing ever. I mean, mo most of us get it. I mean, we're used to like watching Zoom meetings, you know, <laughs> like this in order to be able yeah. to, to get the information. So I, I would say that people are way more forgiving about that sort of oh, thing. They, than, yeah, they are. And, and for 300 bucks, if you're in person, because you couldn't go to 12 sessions simultaneously, right. they needed the material as well. And uh, for the virtual attendees, you could pay as little as nothing and you still get all of the access. Right. Now, next year, that's going to change okay. to get live access. Uh, you are going to have to pay, but we're only charging 20 bucks. Sure. Oh, that's a really good deal for people who want to be able to, to access that way. And, and then they can also ask questions oh, of the, wow. uh, the AV team because the AV team is live through a Facebook live stream. So uh, they can ask questions there and the AV team can take them up to the 
uh, the speakers. Great, yeah, that's a great opportunity. And if you want to watch them for free, you just wait until the next week when they come out on YouTube because right. we're not going to deny anybody the information. We're making it available to everybody. That's awesome. One of the things um, I wanted to mention too is that, I mean, you you guys are so good about constantly giving new information. And one of the things that I think it was this year that you started implementing are those successful indie author five-minute focus things uh, first thing in the morning. I love kind of checking in on those when some, some of them are uh, like really eye-popping. I'm like, what is that? I got <laughs> to check that out. They're like mini, mini vlogs first thing in the morning, just five minutes, and then you're on with your day. How did that get started? Like, what was that your idea as well? Like, just to... It, it was... Uh, the- uh, right away when COVID happened and, and the lockdowns happened and people were freaking out, uh, we had a, a one hour long uh, Craig and M sh- uh, CNM show yep. where I had different guests. I had a guest. Actually, if you, if you look closely, you would see all of the guests I had on were guest speakers for 20 Books Vegas 2020, oh, awesome. which I kept it live all the way through until the hotel canceled on me in October. Okay. But, uh, I, I had planned on going and actually I did go to Vegas and worked on the contract for 2021 then. But uh, so every day, so we did these 45 sessions in, in five weeks wow. of uh, uh, an hour long. And it's after, geez, about three or four months of that. It's like, this is killing me. It's, uh, it's <laughs> right. really long. It's hugely time consuming. And my internet sucks. It was getting worse and worse. Oh, no. So, uh, uh, so then I went, but let's do the five minute. Let's do something very short and, and focused. And so I started that, I think, in August of last year. Okay. as a supplement and a replacement to the CNM show, which was an hour long uh, conversation, which yep. kind of meandered. And that was taking a lot of people's time as they were trying to get back on their feet. So sure. uh, just going with the five minutes, I think that worked, uh, worked best. And it's still, I like the format and that's, uh, I'm going to continue that. I've got episodes, what I just did 323, 324 today, something like that. That's awesome. Yeah, they're, they're really great. I, I, and it's a nice little shot of inspiration or something to think about, like for, even for me in Minnesota, I mean, you, you, you typically post it early enough that it's morning for me as well. So I'm able to check it out and then move on with the day. And it's like, that's something cool to think about, or I didn't think about that before. Okay, good. That validated whatever my thought was on that. So it's, it's, they're really cool. So I hope you keep doing those. Those are really great. Okay. So you were talking about, um, well, obviously you and, and Michael are certainly, um, you certainly put your money where your mouth is when it comes to writing and publishing books very quickly. So how many books do you have out now? Do you know? I, I have a ballpark. I think it's 115, 115 books. Since 2015. That's, that's incredible. That is absolutely I have, incredible. I have uh, co-authors on a lot of them, but uh, this year uh, in 2019, I published 30 books in the first 30 weeks and it almost killed me because of the costs were up. Sales were down. Uh, even with 30 books, I made less than, so the last half of the year, I only published my own books under my name that I wrote. Sure. And I made as much in the second half of the year as I did in the first half. Wow. Uh, with six books versus 30, because okay. uh, my readers want books by me. And some of the books, uh, they're good stories, but they just want what the readers wanted. John Riegel's marketing, right? Because right. they're a little bit different. And and uh, my readership that I have developed uh, doesn't like that much different. Sure. So. I stopped that and I am co-authoring uh, titles, but they're, I, I read every word of every one of these books. I go through them and they make sure that they are aligned perfectly with what my readers are expecting. Uh, so those are doing well, uh, yeah. much, much better this year than, uh, than previous years. And also have expanded 
I do publish, geez, I publish with four, four or five different publishers because of, uh, why not? Uh, yeah. different, different chances to bring readers into my brand. Because one thing I do insist on is if I publish a book with you, I want my entire backlist listed in the credits. Absolutely. So, uh, we're able to uh, bring people into my brand. That's great. Now for people who are listening, who might not know what genre are you writing? Because they might want to go check out your books right away. <laughs> <clears throat> I write uh, science fiction. I uh, have some fantasy. I have uh, thrillers. So science fiction and thrillers are my two main ones. I do nonfiction, but that's only to forestall questions because in 20 books of 50K, I could be answering questions all day, every day right. and never do anything else. So I, I wrote uh, about five books yep. on various elements within uh, the, the self-publishing business. And I, I have some mysteries and i have a new three different series of coming of age and so those i'm trying to uh, those are all co-authored and some I, I actually have authors now that uh, i just publish their stuff so i act as a publisher <clears throat> and one is 16 she just turned 17 uh, her book comes out on uh, in on december 20th it, it's a coming of age fantasy mark of the assassins and it's interesting because it's it's dark. It's it's a lot darker than what my readership is. And I've got another a coming of age trilogy that the last one is published on uh, December thirteenth, I believe. And so those uh, I want to have a synergy between them, and also the targeted audience of thirteen to eighteen year year old uh, girls. Maybe darker is what they're feeling as they're growing up. I uh, agree. As part of the coming of age. And I know uh, in Vegas, some two of the most successful authors there, one writes dark romance, and the other one writes psychological thrillers, which is domestic and dark. So uh, I think maybe there is, a, is a, uh, uh, an audience for those dark themes, but also she's 17. She wrote it when she was 16, for Pete's right. sake. Right. And, uh, and my daughter uh, is ready to go and a half and she's right there. I mean, she, she loves those, those Good. darker. I mean, she originally like probably about nine years old started reading, obviously the hunger games. Cause that was a big deal with, within the yep. group, but like, oh, it's dark watching, as hell. Right. Right. And we're watching, um, the girl in the woods right now, the, the show up version of it. And now she wants to go back and read the story, but it, I mean, it, it's dark. There are pieces of that where you're just like, Oh my, okay. But she's loving it. And, and so I agree yep. there, there's something about that age right now where they're, they're kind of going into that darkness, maybe to, maybe to bring it, you know, back to light. I don't know. I'm just kind of curious to see what happens with it. It's really interesting, but I agree that they're, they're willing to dive right into that. Yeah. Maybe to shine the light and yeah. not fear it as much. Exactly. So, uh, Cause this one it's, it's dark, but the main character turns out to, to become an assassin. Wow. So, uh, which I mean, it gets pretty dark. Yeah. I have, I have, I have an assassin uh, thriller my hitman with a conscience, but he has a girlfriend and uh, yeah, yeah, that it's, it's completely and wholly different. Uh, the darkness is that is how they shine the light into the world through what they do yeah. and not how the darkness absorbs them. So yeah, um, we'll that. see, we'll see how this does. That is really cool. Okay. So you, you kind of touched on it a little bit when you were saying that you kind of got a little overwhelmed there for a bit. So I was going to ask, do you, you know, being such a a prolific author, do you ever get burnt out or overwhelmed with everything that you're doing? I mean, you're, you are just amazing when it comes to getting all of these things done. It, you, you must've cloned yourself. Did you figure out how to clone yourself? I, I, I have no life. So, uh, <laughs> so, 
uh, what it comes down to. I, I'm, I'm actually very efficient with my time when I do uh, get it. I, I write part-time now. I write maybe two hours a day. So uh, all of the other stuff in, uh, in my life with uh, the authors and publishers that takes the rest of the time. I just make good checklists and I do, if something t- t- is only going to take 30 seconds, I get it done. It only takes 30 seconds. I move yeah. on. Yeah. So I may get a hundred things done in a day and most of them take almost no time, but they need to be done. Yeah. So uh, documenting and getting the words, I've got my book up on the screen. This is the longest I've ever taken to write a book, but keep in mind in September, I did the drive across America. Yeah. <clears throat> so I was gone from September 3rd to September 26th, wow. uh, driving and meeting people all the way from, uh, I started in Illinois, then I went to uh, Vegas, then I drove all the way to uh, uh, Tampa, Florida. Uh, 15 stops, met 400 people, just showing the flag and uh, letting people know that uh, the world is still out there. It's still a great time to be an indie author and keep pressing. So uh, I think that worked very well for that. I came back and it was all Vegas because uh, Mm. new show, new location, which is the big the, the big challenge. Yeah. So a lot of, yeah. Oh, just, so that was a hundred percent of my time. So I've taken almost three months to write this book, but I'm on the home stretch now. I should finish by Sunday. Finally. That's awesome. On a book that's only going to be 60,000 words. So three I months to write a 60,000 word book. <laughs> this month has been the same for me. I've had a, my next book has been uh, due to come out in December, December 26th. <laughs> I've been trying to like get it started writing since probably mid August. And finally with nano, I'm like, screw it. It's, it's coming out now. It's going to happen. So luckily I'm like, I don't know, 20,000 words out. So it's going to be done by oh, the good. 3rd of December. <laughs> good. Good. Yeah. Well, I got to get it to my editor because she needs two weeks because we're publishing on the 15th. Oh, wow. So it's going to yep. go live. Yep. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I feel you. I'm right there with you. Mine's going, it's going yeah. out on the 26th. Come hell or high water. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Okay. So where does your inspiration come from for your books? Like how do you, when you're writing that many books and even if you're co-authoring, where does your inspiration come from when it comes to everything? Always. What if, what if this was uh, this way? What if uh, this happened? What if uh, this was available? What if this technology existed? As simple as that. Uh, yeah. Embrace one premise uh, for a book, just a single one. And then uh, we go from there. I try to hit the 12, at least 12 side plots and subplots within each book, as John Truby recommends. And you can see John Truby if you watch uh, any of the Vegas videos. Yeah. Because uh, those maintain the interest of something as uh, simple as the interaction between a main character and a child. And so how does that develop as a side plot, even though it's the main character? But yeah. how are they mo- moving the plot forward? So you've got those actions and you've got those secondary effects and uh, all kinds of opportunities to be interesting for your readers and keep them reading and keep them coming back for the next book and the next book. The book I'm working on now is the 14th book in the series. So uh, wow. uh, a lot of promotions set up for when it launches, a lot of promotions. Yeah. So Because uh, we're putting book one on for free, books two through 13 for 99 cents each. So wow. all of that, somebody can buy the whole series for there's a lot of books. So 12, 15 bucks. Yeah. Buy the whole series, uh, all 14 books. Are you doing one of those and big free books? You like buy the whole uh, series promotion yep. thing? Yeah. <laughs> I was going to yep, say we that. We got one of those. Awesome. That'll be epic. Well, awesome. Okay. So going back just a, really briefly, what advice do you have, or do you have advice that you can share to new authors who are kind of just getting into the space, maybe haven't heard of 20 books yet and um, are, are just looking to get some guidance on like where they should really get focused and start. To start, 
what I always tell people is uh, read the genre you're writing in and then write the book, write it to the conclusion, especially your first book, write it until you're done. And then look at the other stuff like editor cover. Uh, how do I publish? Who do I publish with? Do I get an audio book? Do I get it translated into uh, 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 Estonian? Uh, what do I do? Mm-hmm. You have to have the book first yeah. because if you start looking at other stuff, you can get easily overwhelmed and there's no reason to because you only need to learn what you need to know when you need to know it. Not everything all at once because you'll never get there. Yes. Just write your book. And the best thing you could do is write it for yourself as the target audience, but yourself as a reader of X. I like the Hunger Games. I like these other books. So let me write it in this kind of mindset. So if somebody likes this book, Hunger Games, then they should like my book. And if you do that, maintain that focus, then you're writing with the reader in mind, as well as writing to what you like. Uh, if you try to just write something like, hey, lit RPG is hot, I, I don't I don't gain. So if I tried to write lit RPG, it would be a complete debacle and waste of my time. Right. And I don't read lit RPG either, just because I, I don't have any time anymore since that uh, became hot. Reverse harem. Oh, my God, it's so hot. It's a hot genre. I want to get into it. Well, you better start reading. Yeah. Uh, I mean, and you better or, be able to write like that because I'll tell you, <laughs> it takes some, it takes effort to try to write that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So best to write what you know at the, at the outset. And when people say, write what you know, it's not like, Hey, I know uh, what it's like to live in Minnesota. No, no, that's not what they're talking. They're talking about, write What uh, the genres you read and also interpose your personal experiences. Cause uh, even people who, say they are are uninteresting because they live in a big city, they do nothing. They're still interesting because they're able to uh, use their imagination to become up with uh, their stories and the ideas. So that makes you interesting. Yeah. And all the different life experiences that you've had, you could live in a city, but be a Reiki master or um, learn how to grow stuff on your roof. I mean, who knows? There's all sorts of different things that you do that maybe other people have no access to or even understanding of. And so you can interpose that into your stories. I agree. Yeah. So I have a a question uh, about when you have that many um, books going on and that many different storylines, do you, do you use like something like Potter? Do you have a story Bible? What is it you use in order to keep all that together? I'm a spreadsheet. I have a master spreadsheet that has a separate workbook for each uh, series. And that has the notes in there about the characters like eye color. So I don't get the eye color wrong. Right. And, and the characters keep the characters on track uh, terminology. If there's unique terminology, I put that in there and it's, it's just a, it's a mess, but it still works for me. Yeah. And also I have the world's best insider team. I have four readers that read everything I produce and they have uh, their own story Bibles for it. That's and, awesome. and help help my consistency and help me because uh, sometimes they'll say, "Hey, this character is starting to sound like this character." Yeah, no kidding. Let me change that, fix that, and, and there we go. That is so cool. If anyone is interested in checking out Twenty Books to Fifty K or all of your awesome books, where should they go to get started? Uh, CraigMartel.com, C-R-A-I-G-M-A-R-T-E-L-L-E dot com. Uh, you'll find me there. Uh, the blog, all this stuff is uh, is there. And you got to go to Facebook to find 20 books to 50 K that's two zero books. T O five zero K and trademark registered. Yeah. It'll come right up. (laughs) 
it is, it is very easy to find. You could probably start typing 20 books and it'll pop up. <laughs> it should. It should. Yeah. yeah. Well, awesome. Thank you so much, Craig, for joining the, the podcast today. I am so thrilled that you were able to do this, especially on Thanksgiving. I, I hope you have a fantastic meal, whatever you're doing here today, like you said, and don't have to come home with three pounds of <laughs> pecan pie. I'm going to come home with three pounds of pecan pie. <laughs> I know it. Awesome. Well, thank you so much. Hey, thank you. Peace. <laughs> Peace. Wasn't that a fantastic episode? Craig's sense of humor and his silliness is just amazing. But on top of it, I don't know how this man gets as much done as he does. Both him and Michael Andrelay are just incredibly successful and aspirational authors that all of us can learn from. So if you have not yet checked out 20 Books to 50K, I highly encourage you to go onto Facebook and do so. I will also make sure that a link to the Facebook group is in the podcast notes as well. And if you wanted to check out the 20 Books to 50K YouTube channel, make sure you head over to the show notes as well, because everything will be right there. Head over to authorrevolution.org forward slash 111 in order to make that happen. All right, guys, I hope you enjoyed this episode as much as I did. I know having Craig on the show has been on my vision board for a while, so I'm super excited and happy that he was able to join us. And hopefully you enjoyed it as much as I did. Well. That's all I have for you this week. Go forth and start your author revolution. This podcast episode has been brought to you by four amazing people Daphne Garrison, Tammy Tyree, Quinn Ward, and Scarlett Braden, who are Author Revolution Podcast Patreon supporters. If you'd like to learn more about becoming a patron, head over to authorrevolution.org forward slash Patreon to find out what the awesome membership levels are and what you end up getting. The Author Revolution Podcast is here to provide tips, tricks, and tools for embracing a prolific author mindset and making your dreams of becoming a full-time author a reality. In order to continue providing the quality content you've come to know and love, I would appreciate your support. As a one-woman show, the podcast takes a lot of time away from other tasks like writing. (laughs) Plus, your support also makes this mompreneur's heart smile. Head over to authorrevolution.org forward slash Patreon.